this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen. Thanks for joining us today for TED Speaks with your host, Ted Carew, the Positive Safety Coach. As co-host and Ted's wife, I have the added task of keeping Ted in line and laughing at his jokes, which isn't always easy. My name is Barb Carew. We are coming to you from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, home of the Brewers, Miller Beer, and the Fonz. How could it get any better than that? Our podcast focuses on sharing ideas with business owners and safety professionals to keep employees safe and families together. Our passion for keeping people safe is the reason Total Health and Safety Solutions was created. This is how Ted is able to share his 25 years of safety experience by supporting companies around the globe in their efforts to strengthen their health and safety process. Please join us in welcoming Nate Ortlieb. Nate started out of high school as a union carpenter, working his way through the ranks from apprentice to superintendent. Nate has 20 years of experience in the construction industry, mainly focusing on commercial and industrial sectors from schools and churches, all the way to turnkey combined cycle power generation plants. He also had the opportunity to travel the Midwest for these projects to meet and work with people from all over the world. After deciding not to travel and manage single projects, Nate eventually transitioned to the concrete and carpentry vertical lead position at the Bolt Company. This new role requires Nate to manage multiple self-performed projects from pursuit to turnover, driving the importance of systems, procedures, and communication on those projects. Nate is also involved in community as a volunteer firefighter and serves on the local school board where he and Andrea send their four kids. Hey, Nate, how are you doing today? Good. How are you guys doing? Uh, We are doing uh, good. We're glad to have you on uh, TED Speaks today and kind of learn a little bit more about you and find out uh, a little bit about you. So can you kind of tell us a little bit about about yourself, Nate? Yeah, so I'm uh, technically considered the carpentry vertical lead at the Bolt Company right now. I pretty much run everything that is related to concrete and carpentry in our self-performed division. Kind of started this uh, last year. Um, It's been a a bit of a roller coaster of a ride in the beginning, but it's starting to take shape and, and starting to become something very, very great. Yeah, I know. I've I've worked with uh, Nate for uh, several years, and he just does a, a great job with um, construction. And you and I have been on a lot of large projects together, and uh, I've always admired, admired your leadership. And that's one of the reasons why we really wanted to have you on the on the show. Yeah, leadership great. is leadership is uh, so important. And just kind of going back to uh, what you do and kind of filling our listeners in. So you manage multiple projects for the Bolt Company, and 
Are there any challenges kind of hopping around and working with different sets of people? Obviously, you have your employees, but then depending on the job site or the project, it's always kind of new. Is it challenging to kind of, do you ever have to kind of change the way you approach people with different aspects or? Is it always the same old, same old thing, Nate? Definitely not. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that's nice about it is, you know, even coming through the trades and being a superintendent was always would find people that were willing to engage and want to learn on jobs and taking them to the next level or trying to help them to the next level. One thing about being on a certain, on a single project is you can, can knock that project out of the park, but now I have the opportunity to, you know, go out and spread the, the knowledge and help a lot of the younger guys and even some of the older guys that have been running work for a while, make it more efficient and, you know, safer, more productive for them, you know, so they're not completely stressed out every day. Um, that's kind of the rewarding uh, thing for me is to help more than just the one project. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you so much on the construction side. What we love about construction is that it's always changing. What we hate about construction, it's always changing. <laughs> Absolutely. I, th- I think it's kind of the best way to put it. You know, can you kind <laughs> yeah. of tell me a little bit about maybe some of the challenges that you uh, face and, and how you kind of dealt with a lot of those different uh, challenges that you have within within the different roles that you've had in your career? Yeah, um, so Ted, you'll know a lot about this one. You know, uh, about five years ago or so, um, I was on a large project out of town, one where we didn't really plan on sending a lot of field leaders from our home office. Um, so the, the level of engagement there with, with leadership at that local level would be very important. As we started the project and got going, we brought in a group of people that I consider to be like our core field leadership that was going to stay there for a long time. And the big thing there was to try and get them into the culture that we wanted to create for the job because we were going to have a lot more people coming um, as the, the project got uh, going along. So uh, a few things happened along the way when we were trying to do that. Um, we had some schedule impact. We had some weather impact. We had some pretty good turnover from employees just be- due to the area we were working in um, with local wage rates and those things. Um, and then we were asked to accelerate the schedule due to the impacts that we had, you know, that I just mentioned, um, which now means to work in longer hours, uh, put crews on top of each other, overlapping work areas. So it created a little bit more of a, a fracture or a stress point for us as leadership. And as a result, we started to see some incidents and near-miss cases rise uh, to the point where the owner came in and said, hey, this is you know, not acceptable. We need, to, we need to figure this out. And that's kind of where Ted came in a little bit too um, in the process. But we spent a, a long weekend trying to go through probably one of the hardest weekends in my uh, career, uh, reflecting on what do we need to do to get back on track. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and it really took uh, sitting down in the lunch trailers with the guys the following Monday and going through. Um, you know, number one, apologizing for the the position that they were put in, trying to force some of the things on them. And then also, you know, we handed out a job a list of job site rules and went through the rules and said, here's here's what we expect. And then we also told them we were going to hold them accountable to it like we, we should have in the first place. We seemed to get lax on that when everybody was starting to focus on schedule and we realized we had to get back to that. In addition, we also, you know, we quadrant off the areas of the site and helped uh, with safety resources on, you know, the project site itself, um, which greatly helped uh, what we're trying to do there. And then we had the the management and employees sign a pledge to commit to safety on the job. And I think just that example on that project was something that has helped me, you know, a lot in what we do on every project is to set it up the correct way, plan the work the way it should be um, followed through, and make sure we don't stray from that with schedule and other impacts. 
Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of it's about, you know, plan the work and then work the plan, which really sounds easy, right? <laughs> and it Correct. sounds like something that, that all of us can easily do. You know, the, the challenges that, that we had on that particular project, you know, and, and, and the way that the leadership took that and, you know, had a lot of people that weren't necessarily working in that area, didn't have a commitment to the company, but how you were able to turn that uh, project around in the, in the last 18 months went from a, from a project that we were not really too well thought of beginning or in the middle of, I should say. And then by the end, we were actually referred to the next project on that. Right. So, so those changes, but what do you think those changes made as far as production and quality also, you know, in the safety made the good changes, but how that affected the rest of the project? Well, once we had the buy-in with the safety, you could definitely see the difference it made in the, the morale of the job site, right? Because we weren't, we weren't having to ask ourselves the questions that we maybe didn't know in the first place or trying to keep up with certain things or filling out incident reports, stuff that, that drags our days down. So the morale boosted on the project and it actually helped us with our uh, production and our schedule because the, the employees were bought in and engaged in the process, which we were, you know, we tried to do in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely made a big difference once we had that um, engagement of everyone on the job site, you know, rowing the boat in the same direction, we'll call it. Was it easier for the expectations once everybody knew what they were for the project to move along because everybody kind of knew what was expected of them? Yeah, I mean, once once we once we got that communication out, and I think it was a little bit of a a reckoning for for everyone. Some of the local hands and some of those people had never worked on a project this size, and they just expected to you know nose down, grind at what they're doing. I think it it made people realize that there was a large a large project that we were trying to do or a large task that we're trying to complete, and they 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 seemed to want to be engaged in that once we once we had that discussion and we talked about the accountability and the engagement that we, we wanted to have on the project. And with a lot of things, um, no matter what your business is, sometimes there's a learning curve. You know, it sounds like you guys went into it prepared, but then life happens, things happen. And for as proactive as you can be, sometimes elements, you know, change the way things happen. And it sounds like you guys just had to relook at the situation and did a really good job of just making a plan and, and moving forward. I'm assuming you always want to be as proactive as you can, but in this industry, I'm sure there's a lot of times that unexpected are thrown your way, correct? Correct. And, and part of that is what I've learned through doing something like that project in particular is to make sure you explain steps and not just assume that everyone is going to take whatever that task is and go do it. And it's, it's a lot to do with the planning up front, right? Um, making sure that you have a good plan that everyone understands um, before you get there, not when you run into it, because that's when people think uh, maybe I can do this or do that, and they stray from it, and it ends up, you know, possibly getting us in trouble, or getting someone hurt. Probably kind of like making up some assumptions, right? I mean, sometimes Correct. you say something, and you just assume somebody knows what they mean, but they may take it a total different way. That's probably the toughest Absolutely. part. Absolutely. Yep. And I think, too, Nate, you bring up a good point. Um, You can never really have enough communication, you know, to make sure, especially when you have so many moving parts and so many people involved in something, communicating um, so everyone's on the same page. And like you said, too, and we've talked a a lot about this with other guests on our show, explaining the why something is done instead of just saying, hey, you need to do this. At Mm -hmm. least I know that's how I learn. And sometimes it's very annoying. (laughs) But um, I'm not saying anything. No. 
if I understand why I'm doing something, first of all, I'm going to buy into it more. I'm going to understand it. I'm going to remember. And, you know, some people just think they just have to do it. It doesn't matter. But that does make a huge difference, I would think. Right. So it sounds like you took a lot of these challenges from this project and kind of carried it through other daily activities um, within the Bolt Company. Would you would you say that what you learned there, you know, you carried it through and kind of now you implement that before even, you know, moving forward? Yeah. So like I said, just with the engagement, uh, that level of it, we've noticed now that having that candid but trusting conversation, you know, at the beginning of every project, um, even with even with our own steady hands that have been here for a long time, it, it proves to be more successful. You know, we're communicating at the, the level of engagement that we want along with the rules for the project and the company and maybe the owner for that job. Um, again, so that everyone understands and it's, it's an ex- expectation moving into the project. And then they ask questions when, when they see things that, you know, don't make sense or are questionable. And they also report the unsafe acts or behaviors or the small injuries that happen that we, that we want to make sure we're uh, keeping track of. In addition, it, I mean, it also holds everyone accountable, right? Because the plan and we're trying to follow it, everyone, everyone follows along as they should. Right. Yeah. That makes makes sense. (laughs) Well, it, it sounds like in this role that you have multiple projects going on, needing to kind of keep track of a lot of things, you must be a pretty good multitasker. And do you have any Uh, helpful hints for people listening? You know, this role kind of has a lot of different aspects to it, safety being one of them and getting the project done. And and you were also saying how you were always usually in charge of one project. Now you've gone from one project to several projects. And how that has all changed, and, and how, how do you manage all that? Yeah, the learning curve has been tremendous. Um, obviously, from doing one project to you know possibly fourteen at a time. Part of it is just being patient with the process. Um, again, a lot of the pre-planning is what helps prioritize some of the work and in, in the order in which it comes. And then also surrounding yourself with good people that you can re- re- rely on for resources to not have to try and take everything on yourself, but to have a good team around you that can take care of the things that do come up. But it, it actually, and I have people say it a lot, it actually comes back to that, that good plan and how you uh, sequence your way through a project um, that kind of tells the story. One of the things we're trying to do for our uh, superintendents and foremen that head to a job is if they can pick up the, the scope package and, and go work on a job, there should be very little explanation as to as far as to how uh, things need to happen on the job, it should all be planned out and told in those scope packages. Um, and that's, that's kind of what my role is now is to make it that easily explainable um, package that goes out to the field guys. And then as far as safety, how do you handle, you know, safety going from one project to multiple projects, kind of seeing that over. And I know how you value safety and how the bulk company values safety, but how do you do that? How do you manage the safety on the projects? Do you rely more on your superintendents or your foreman, or how does that work? Well, well, we have designated safety on job sites, but we are also rolling our superintendents. Trade superintendents serve a, more than one job in certain cases, mm-hmm. and they are um, are on the on the ground, boots on the ground. They relay the messages for us, but we also... Um, running a company SharePoint page to share, um, you know, incidents, near misses, those things that we share as a as a company on our weekly safety meetings, so that we don't have it happen, you know, 
twice in the same month on two different jobs because we weren't communicating it. Um, and then the other part of it is just being out on jobs, talking with the guys and saying, you know, this is the next step of the process. Have you looked at these three, three things that need to happen on, you know, the next step that's coming up to make sure we have our, our ducks in a row when that comes. Yeah. I mean, that's a, uh... Very important. And also building that trust probably when you're talking to them too. So you both have a, a trust that, Hey, this is important to both of us. I would think too. Correct. Yep. And just another good way um, of communicating, you know, because when there's so many people and you have a lot of, you know, people engaged and stuff like using the website um, to communicate those issues is a, is another way to do that. And I like going back to what you said, you know, Ted said you have a lot of um, responsibilities now. It's not just one job site, it's multiple. I like what you said about delegating because that's not always easy for people that are in charge. They like to kind of do it all themselves. And it is really um, a good quality to have to be able to get delegate to the right people. And what is the book that the who, not the how? Yes. (laughs) I always get, but Ted's, Ted's read a book. It's, you know, finding that right person that knows how to do it instead of trying to do everything yourself, because then you just kind of do everything. So, so, so that is a very good point for people to take away, delegate when you can. Right. And, and even part of that is delegating and then just letting, letting them do their process and trying to be a leader and not trying to micromanage into the process and let them learn as they go. I think that's an important part because that actually helps you yourself takes the load off of that as well. When they can learn it and you see them learn it and use it from when they go on to the next project or the next duty that they're, they're working on. Very true. Not easy for some people to do, but it, it's well worth it. Hey Nate, what, what do you enjoy most about your career now that has kind of really evolved over the years? What what do you enjoy about it now? What uh, gets you up every morning and you get excited about? I think the big thing is just being able to share the knowledge with guys, like I talked about before, letting them go and run a project and be successful on it. I think that's kind of what makes me proud to be able to share some of that knowledge um, more than on just one job, like you talked about. But mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely just sharing the knowledge, the the experience, you know, like I said, what to look for coming up. I think a lot of people appreciate that in the field because some people have felt a little bit lost in the past just on, you know, you always heard the, get the drawings and start from the job Monday and figure it out from there. Right. Um, that's not what we're trying to create at all. So, Yeah. And it just helps you in so many different aspects of, of the um, company too. When you, when you can do that, when you can look at things beforehand and you know, like we talked about before, work the plan. Right. Well, Hey, uh, Nate, I want to thank you very much for being on the show today, but as you know, being a listener and all, uh, that uh, this is one of the better parts of the show. Barb doesn't necessarily always agree with me on it, but we uh, we have to have a little fun with you now. Are you ready is the question. For some joke. I'm ready. Oh, okay. Okay, I'll do the first one here. We, we tried to make them seasonal in a way. Well, here we go. What do you call it when a snowman throws a temper tantrum? Oh, I don't know. You don't know. A meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. All right, this one is coming up probably maybe even this uh, Thursday, so uh, which is coming to be Thanksgiving. Yeah. Why was okay. the turkey arrested by the police? Why was the turkey arrested by the police? I don't know. Because he was suspects, suspected of foul play. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nate. Hey, thanks a lot for being on the show. 
um, listeners that may want to get a hold of you, how would they do that? Uh, they can find my LinkedIn profile or they can go on uh, theboltcompany.com. That's D as in boy, O-L, T as in dog, T as in Tom, company.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us and have a uh, wonderful holiday season. A super safe day. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> you too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to Ted Speaks with Ted Carew, owner of Total Health and Safety Solutions, providing health and safety support to businesses by customizing a safety process to fit their needs, big or small. Please connect at ted.carew at healthandsafetynow.com or visit our website, healthandsafetynow.com to share your safety stories or find out more about how we can work together to ensure your people go home safely and turn an expense into a profit center. Follow us and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. Have a super safe week. 